We begin today the Gemara, the last few words on Dafkid Gimel Amad Beis, where it says, Ela Omar Avashi. The Gemara here is discussing a statement that was brought from, from Rav Huna Omar Rav, that's, that taught the halacha that's called Maimet Shloshton. Maimet Shloshton means when you have a person that owns money, and his money is in someone else's possession, so that's the second individual that's here, and then there's a third person standing here. And the person that the money is really his tells the person that's holding the money for him, instead of returning it to me, give it to this third person. If this is said in the presence of these three people together, without any act of a Kenyan being done, automatically this third person gets the Kenyan the right to collect this money instead of the money owner. Usually there is a Maise Kenyan that's necessary. But Chachamim were Masakin that this agreement with these three people present takes effect without any Kenyan at all. Then the Gemara here is discussing that this applies not only in a case where this person holding the money actually has the money right here. For example, he was holding up a cotton. He was, he was just safeguarding the money for him and he has the money right here. But even by a loan, when the person that received the money spent it, the money's not even here at all. So at this point, it's a Dova Shalei Bala Elam. So not only is there no Kenyan, there's no act of a Kenyan, the money that you want should be given to this third individual and not to the one that the money is owed to is not even here at all. Nevertheless, the Takana of the Chachamim applies in this case as well, that with this agreement, automatically this person is kainet. So in this, the Gemara here is discussing what's the mechanism of this Takana Chachamim. How does it take effect? There's no act of a Kenyan. There's no money that's in existence over here. So just because you say words, automatically this take effect takes effect, what's the, there has to be some kind of a reason why this agreement has validity and it takes effect. That's the discussion. So the Gemara here brings now a new pshat. The Gemara brought before a pshat from Amemer for this. The Gemara asked a question on it. Here the Gemara brings a new pshat for this from Ravashi. Hello, Ravashi. So Ravashi explains the reason this Kenyan takes effect, this agreement takes effect is as follows. Because, Because, this benefit that the lender gets by the fact that now his loan is basically changing from the person that owed the money to him till now, which is called a Milvi Yishana, he's the one that originally owed him the money, to this Milva Chadasha. Now he owes the money to a new person. So for the lender, there's a certain, or for the um, borrower there is rather, for the borrower, that's, there's a certain benefit in this. Why is there a benefit? Because now that there's a new person he owes the money to, he may be able to delay the payment. The, money, the person that he owes the money to till now is expecting him to pay up the money right away. You owe me the money and, and the time came to pay, pay me. But now they have, that they have this new agreement and instead of paying the original lender, you're going to pay to a third person. So for that person, you'll have the hanah that you may be able to delay payment. So gomar o mishabit nafshei. So the borrower is, is ready to agree and, and to be mishabit himself to pay to this new person. So in other words, the mechanism of how this Kenyan takes effect, it's not just simply words, but there's hanah involved there. Because there's a certain benefit he has, we know that that itself is strong enough that he should be mishabit himself to give the money to this new individual. That's the basis for this Takanas Chachamim, that this Kenyan takes effect without even any act of a Kenyan. On this reasoning, because if this is the if this is the reason how this agreement takes effect, so then not always is this the case. If so, 
If so, people that, that are similar to Bey Baral Yashiv, what's, what was the nature of these people? The Kofsi Bishakli Alter. If someone owes them money, they'll tie him up and they'll force him to give the money immediately. So this idea that you just said here, that you're going to have the ability to delay payment, you have a certain benefit of that, it doesn't apply by such kind of people. Hachanamni Dulekonu. So are you going to say that this Kenyan of Maimet Shloshdom will not take effect? If that third person that you're giving the money to is a person that is going to collect the money immediately. So, so you have no benefit of now paying the money to someone else and not to the original lender. So then if that's the case, if you're saying it's only because of the Hanov, but in this case there's no Hanov, so this king should not take effect. Says the Gemara, And it will say, yeah, okay, true, that's the halacha. This Kenyan of Maimet Shloshton is only when the borrower has a certain Hanov, but not in this case. <coughs> in Cain, says the Gemara, It comes out that this Takanas Chachamim is something which is up for Shiyurin, which is sometimes yes, sometimes not. Sometimes this Kenyan does take effect, sometimes not. How do you, Chachamim never create a Takana, which is not clear, where it's, it, sometimes the Takana is in effect and sometimes it's not. It's, it's based on if there's any benefit involved into this. So you can't say Chachamim makes such a Takana, which is not clear. So there has to be another reason that, that says that this Takana takes effect across the board without any distinctions. So, Ela Oma Mazutra. So therefore, Mazutra explains the reason for this Takana is as follows, that there actually is no mechanism, there is no reason to explain how this Kenyan takes effect. So Mazutra said, Hani tlas mili. Here, the following three things, Shavinu Rabbonon kehilchase beloy Chachamim instituted them, and it's considered to be like a halacha that has no basis whatsoever. Now she says the expression of hilchase beloy is as if it's a halacha l'moishim Sinai which doesn't have to have any reason. Chachamim instituted these three halachas, even though there is no mechanism to explain how it takes effect. Now, when the Gemara says, regarding these three halachas, which we're about to learn, it doesn't mean that Chachamim had no reason to institute it. They just did it randomly. Of course, they had a reason why they instituted it. What the Gemara means to say is, they instituted it for a certain reason, but there is no mechanism of explaining of how it takes effect. They had a reason that they decided that it should take effect, and even though there's no explanation of, of how it does take effect, it just happens. Chachamim decided that there's a reason for it and therefore it takes effect without any mechanism. And one of them is ha. The first one is what we're discussing right over here. This agreement of Maimet Shloshtan. So the Rishayim over here say the reason Chachamim instituted this halacha is is to make uh, transactions easier for people. Not always is it so simple to... Uh, make a Maisa Kenyan for the Kenyan to take effect, even if it's impossible to make a Kenyan, if you have three people together and there's a business deal taking place, so just the agreement alone that the, the Kenyan should be able to take effect, just to make things smoother and easier. So there, again, there, there's no explanation of how it takes effect, because there's no Kenyan here, there's no, the money is not even necessarily present, but it takes effect anyways. And then the Idoch, Another thing that Chachamim instituted that we can't understand, there is no explanation for the mechanism how it takes effect. The Amr of Yudah Mashmuel as follows, A person writes that before he passes away that all his possessions go to his wife. He writes her a document. So it's pretty clear. He's writing, he's giving everything to her, nothing to the children. So Chachamim say, how do we understand what he wrote? What's written in this document does not mean that she gets it all. Rather, what it means is that she's just a caretaker. 
the children inherit everything. And he, what he's, he was writing to his wife is that she's the caretaker from all this money that belongs to the children. So this is also a time. Because if you look at the document, it says clearly, I'm giving everything to my wife. But nevertheless, Chachamim are estimating that the person does not want to deprive his children from any money or of any possession. So he must have meant to give it to his children. And the wife is just a caretaker. So they're saying something that's against what's written clearly in the Shtar. And Rashi says, Chachamim have the power to do this with Hefker, Bezden, Hefker. That's the Kayach of Chachamim that's learned from a Pasek that Chachamim could declare any money ownerless. And they can give and say that the money belongs to the children and not to her. The third place where Chachamim established a Takana, even though there is no mechanism of how it takes effect. said, person marries off his oldest son to a wife, and he prepares a beautiful house for the chasana itself. So this is a house that he buys or has, especially for this chasana that he empties out and for his son, for the chasana to take place there. So then Konoi, the son will acquire this house to be his to live in because the son doesn't have anywhere else to live and it's our estimation that the father wants the son not only to get married in this house but also to live there he has no other place to live so even though there was no act of a kenyan that took that, that was done to take that this kenyan should take effect but the very fact that the father designated this place for the chasana of the son there is an estimation that the father means that he's going to live there as well because he didn't prepare many other house to live in so, these are, so this is the conclusion of the Gemara, that this halacha of Maimet Shloshtan, amongst the other halachas, there is no mechanism of how it takes effect, but Chachamim instituted that it should take effect anyways. Rav, which was the one that said this halacha of Maimet Shloshtan, so he said to Rav Acheh, I have a kab, a certain measurement of muraike, which is some kind of uh, spice, what did that, saffron, I have a cow of saffron by you. So he says, instead of returning it to me, give it to this third individual. And and I'm saying this in front of this person. That person was standing right there. I'm saying it in front of this person. So I can't retract from this. So this, this takes effect. It's a Kenyan. And this third person now has the rights for this. So the Gemara says, what was he emphasizing over here? He's saying, I, I'm, I'm saying it in front of this person that I can't retract. Miklal, it sounds like what he means to say is, the Iboi Hadebei Motzi Hadebei. That if he wanted, he could retract from this. And so Rashi says, the Gemara understands that what Rav was saying is, that I'm promising this person that I will not retract from what I'm saying, that I want you to give it to him and not to me. So, but it's a promise, sort of. But, but if I wanted, I could retract from this. But the question is, isn't Rav the one that said that there's a Kenyan of Maimet Shloshtan? If you say that, give it to him instead of me, it's kind of, it takes effect, but now you must give it to that person and you can't retract. So why is the Gemara here saying that he was promising him that he won't retract from this? So the Gemara says, no, we misunderstood what Rav was saying. Rav was saying exactly like we said before. When you say this, when these three people are standing together, and the money owner, or in this case, the owner of this spice, of this saffron, Rav, he said, give it to this third person. Once he says this, you can't retract from this. That third person is kainit, it's his. That's what Rav was saying here. But why did Rav have to say this and emphasize this here? Rav already said this before, as was quoted before in the Gemara. Ravuna said this in the name of Rav. A person comes to his friend and says, you owe me a money. 
And there's a third person standing there, and he says, Give it to this person, third person, instead of me. If they're all three standing there, so the third person has acquired this, and now the original owner has no rights to retract. So why does he now repeat this again here? Answers the Gemara, Imahi. If it was only this that Rav Huna said in the name of Rav, Hava I would think, Hanimili Matone Merube. When is this Chachamim's Takone take effect? Only if it's a large gift, like a mona, if there's a lot of money here. If it's just a small item, like over here, the case of Rav with Rav Achabardala was just some, uh, some saffron. So maybe in such a case, it should not take effect. And so in such a case, it should not uh, take effect, or in such a case, he should not even have to be there in front of you. Okay, that, that's what the Gemara means over here. Again, if it's a matana merube, so because you're giving such a large gift, so then you have to have this third person present in order for this gift or this Kenyan to take effect. But if it's such a small thing, so then maybe this halacha that it goes to this third person is even if the person is not present there. Paket, by a matana muetes, there'd be a svara that you don't even need him to be present. Mashmalam, that's why Rav over here is saying that he's standing in front of us and I'm telling him right now that I'm giving it to him, that's all, the only reason why it takes effect. The halach of Maimut Shloshton always requires the third party you want to give it to, to be standing there. Then he's kainet. Okay, the Gemara now brings here another few stories in connection to this halacha of Maimut Shloshton. Hanuk, again? No, 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 no. No, 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 not connected oh, to that at all. No, no, this is without a Kenyan. There's no Kenyan, and there's no, it's not, it could even be it's a Dovashul Ebala but nevertheless, it becomes his just by words. That's There were these gardeners. So these gardeners basically were using someone's property and they were planting their vegetables there, and they sold their vegetables. So they, they together they were planting and they sold. So when they were done, when the season was done, so they made a calculation amongst themselves of exactly the amount of money that each one had and the income, the profit and the, the expenses. And they figured out that that one of them had an extra five istri, which is a, a coins, Rashi says, Sela Medina. He had extra Sela, five Sela Medina that was left by him that he owed them, that he owed his other partners here. So Omri lay, they said to him, So give these five coins that was left by you, so you owe it to us, right? But instead of giving it to us, give it over here to the landowner. And the Bachir asks, they owed him for the taxes that he has to pay. So give it, give it to this landowner. And they said this, the landowner was there standing right in front of them. So this is an example of my Mitzlashtan. That they said, instead of giving it to us, you owe it to us, give it here to this third person. <laughs> and not only that, but over here, they actually made a Kenyan. And they made a Kenyan, like let's say a Kenyan of Chalipin, you pick up a handkerchief and you make a proper Kenyan. They made a Kenyan that he now owes the money to this landowner and not to them. Now, if that this person that had this extra money <laughs> after they, they saw, they calculated that he had extra money by him. But in the end, he made his own calculation regarding the money that they spent and the profit and so on. And he saw that he realized that actually he doesn't have a penny extra that he has that he owes them. So he's not, now he doesn't want to pay anything because he realized that he doesn't owe them anything. 
So he came to Rav Nachman and he was trying to figure out, does he, is he obligated to give this money? There was the Maimitschloshton, they made a Kenyan, but now he figures out that he doesn't know anything. So he tells Rav Nachman, look, I made this Kenyan and it was done with, when all three were here, could I, do I have to pay this? Amalei, so Rav Nachman tells him, my Evidloch, what should I do for you? Chode, number one, Ravuna said in the name of Rav, that if you say this in the presence of three people, you have to give it. It's a Kenyan. And Vaid, besides this, Hakonaminoch, there was also an actual Kenyan that was done. So once there's a Kenyan, you're obligated to give the money to this third person. Now, when Rav Nachman was asked this Shaila, Rav Nachman did not realize, or he wasn't told, that this person then made his own calculation and realized that it was a mistake. He didn't owe this money at all. There wasn't extra five coins that he had. But then, Omale Rave, Rave came and said, why are you saying this? Why, does he, why are you saying that he has to give the money? Is this person here coming to say that even though I made the Kenyan and I owe the money, but I refuse to give? That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, this whole thing is a mistake. I don't have any five extra coins by me. Amalei, so Rav Nachman said, so im ken kinyin betosu. So if so, the whole entire acquisition is all a mistake. V'chol kinyin betos chayzer. So it's a mekkah tos. If it's all a mistake, you don't own a pe- owe, owe a penny over here. Okay, now the Gemara begins, sort of a new Indian. Another statement of Rav regarding uh, sending money to uh, someone that you owe money to. Itma, so we learned the following argument. If a person that owes someone money, so he says, here, go deliver this money for that person. I owe him this money, and he gives it over to Shliach, go deliver the money to him. So Rav. So Rav says, what's the Allah in such a case? So the person sending the money, the loyve, that's sending a money to pay the malve. So first of all, He's chayiv in any, if anything, if the money gets lost, if any, anything that goes wrong, it's his responsibility. Because he has to pay the money to the one that he owes it to. If he's giving it to a shliach, so until it doesn't come to that person that you owe the money to, it's your responsibility. Okay, that there's no argument about. But here, Rav says, but the imbal ain't a But on the other hand, though, once you give the money to the shliach, to deliver the money to the person that the money is owed to, you can't tell him, give me back the money. You can't retract from this and say, oh, I, I changed my mind. I don't want to pay yet. Give me back the money. Once he gave the money to him, he is zeiche in it for the person that the money is owed to, and you can't take back the money. Shmuel but Shmuel says, no, because until the money reaches to the person that you owe it to, you still have the responsibility for this money. You didn't really pay him yet. You're supposed to pay him directly. Until then, you're chayiv. So therefore, in until the time that the money reaches the person that you owe it to, if you decide to take back the money, you can take back this money. It can be chayzer. Okay, so what do you see of it? What's the argument? Everybody agrees that you're chayiv, you're in the achrayis of this money. It's your responsibility until the money gets to that person you owe it to. But the argument is, once you give the money, could you be chayzer or not? Could you take the money back? Mm-hmm. Says the Gemara, Lame Shall we say that the basis of their argument is the following point here? The Mars of Shmuel's opinion is, or rather Rav's opinion is again, sorry. Rav's opinion is, When you gave the money to this person and you told him, deliver the money to the one I owe it to, it's as if you're telling him, be zeiche in this money for that person. So once you told him, be zeiche, that you should acquire the money for that person, so you can't take it back. 
you, you agreed already, you gave it to him to be Zaycha for that person. So true, you're still Chayv and Achrayis because that person that you owe the money to never told you to give it to the Shliach. He, he, he told you, you got to pay me directly. So if you're giving it to a shliach, he's still going to be responsible until the money reaches him. But nevertheless, once you say, you gave away the money, you agreed that that person should take it and be in it for that person, you can't retract from that. Mm-hmm. That's Rav's opinion. But in our Sav, our Shmuel's opinion is, when you tell someone, deliver the money to this person that you owe it to, so but it's, it's not like you're telling him, in it for that person. So you're giving it to him just to deliver. But if you want to take it back, you can always take it back. Yeah. That seems to be the basis of the argument there. But the Gemara says, Loi, that's not the basis of their argument. The cool Alma, everybody would agree, Then in another case, if you're just sending money to someone as a gift, and you tell them, go bring this money to that person. Everybody would agree that in a usual case, it's as if that person, you, you, you told him clearly, and this money, I'm giving it to you. I, it's a Kenyan that I'm giving over the money to you to be Zeicha for that person. And therefore you can't retract. Everybody agrees to that. But for Hacha, over here, it's a different story. Over here, we're talking about a loan. We're talking about money that you owe someone. And Baha Therefore, over here, the argument is as follows. Rav's opinion is, We're not going to say that because this money is still in your responsibility. The Gemara doesn't spell out over here what this migu is. But migu over here means because. That's a literal translation of the word migu. Migu means because this money is still in your responsibility. See, even though, usually, when you give a shliach to deliver money, you're basically telling him, be in this money for that person. But over here, because you owe this money, so it's still in your responsibility. So therefore you can say, look, if it's still in my responsibility, so therefore, if I want, I can retract. Over here in this case, it's not, I'm not telling him to be zeicheh. Why? Because it's still my responsibility. If it's my responsibility, so that means that the person I owe the money to was not zeicheh in it yet. Rav does not hold to that svara. Rav says we could split this thing. On one hand, we say that it's still your responsibility. But on the other hand, we, we do say that this person is holding the money. There's a Kenyan. He was zeicheh in the money for the person that the money is being sent to him, that you owe it to him. But Amar Shmuel's opinion is, that in this case we're going to say, even though usually I say that when you send money to someone and you give it, the moment you give it, it's as if he's in it, but not over here. Over here, because you have still the responsibility for this money until it reaches that person. So in this case, you, you, we don't say that you're, it's as if you are telling him to be in it. It's still my responsibility. So therefore, he was not in it and you can retract from this. That's the simple pshat in the Gemara. There's other shayim that have other pshatim over here, but this is the simple pshat in the Gemara. It says the Gemara, Tanya kavasei de Rav, we learned in the Braisa, like Rav's opinion. So this, this over here in this Braisa, there's a few different examples that the Braisa says. Either the language that this person that's sending the money says, go, deliver the money to this person that I owe it to him. So this is chayiv, means, for example, you owe him, you borrowed money from him. Or you said, give this money to this person that I owe him the money. Or you said, Or if it wasn't a case of a loan, you didn't borrow money, but there's a money, a pekodin, a deposit that you were safeguarding the money for him, he's sending him back the money. Or ten money, give this money pekodin, this pekodin that he has in my hands. In all of these cases, the Braises says, like Rav said, So on one hand, the person sending this money, well, it's his responsibility, whatever happens to the money, until it reaches the person you owe it to. 
But at the same time, though, but if you, if you want to retract from this money that you already gave, you can't take it back. The moment you give it to this shliach, it's like you told him, and he was kinda in it for that person. So you see here clearly in the Braise, like Rav's opinion. But the Gemara asks on this, here the Braise brings another case that was not mentioned clearly before. Before we spoke about the case of a loan, you're sending money to pay back a loan, or you're giving a gift. Here, this Braise speaks about a pekodim. You're giving a shliach to return money that you were just safeguarding for someone. But if it's a pekodoin, why can't the person sending back the pekodoin say to the shliach, the one that owns this money, the money owner, is not interested in this money being in the hands of another individual besides me. That's the halacha by a pekodoin. By a pekodoin person gives someone money to safeguard. He only trusts this shamer, this person that he gave it to safeguard. He doesn't want anyone else to have this money. When you lend money to someone, so then the person that borrows the money can do it, the money, whatever he wants. He can spend it and so on. And you just send him back. When the time comes, you pay up the money. But by a, by a pakoda, he wants back this very item that you gave him. And he doesn't trust anybody else. He doesn't even trust the shliach that you're sending. So therefore the mishaleach could say, if I'm sending you as a shliach, so I can't, you, you can't apply here the concept that when I'm giving it to this person, that he's zeich in it for the money owner. He can't be zeich in it for the money owner. The money owner is not interested in anyone else having it besides me, that he trusted me to safeguard it. So therefore, even after I gave it to you to deliver, the mishaleach, the, the person that's sending it, should say, I could still retract it, I could still take it back, because really the money is not supposed to be in your hands at all. Amar Abzeir, says, that's true. But this price is speaking about a specific case. kafron. Speaking about a case when this person that was holding this pekodin was, was already established before to be a liar. He was asked about this money and he denied the fact that he has this money. So the moment he denies it, we know that the money owner is happy that you're giving the money to a shliach to deliver the money to him. Because he doesn't even owe, he doesn't even trust that is, doesn't trust this uh, person that's holding on the pekodin. So in such a case, when you give the money to him, you can't retract it from it. So the Gemara brings a story in connection to this halacha here. Rav Sheishes, Havali Ashrase, the Sarbali b'Mochuza. Rav Sheishes, so he had this uh, credit that was uh, that he he allowed people that were buying from him a sarvala, which is some kind of a cloak in the city of Mochuza. They they bought from him these cloaks and they owed him money for it. He, they they bought it from from him on credit, and uh, now he he wanted to get that money that they owed him. So Amalei Rav Yisuf Bachome. He tells Rav Yisuf Bachome that was going to the city of Mochuza. That when you come back from the city of Mechuza, I sin in Ali. Bring me the money that they owe me. Azal, he went to the city of Mechuza. They gave him the money. Now, Omri Lei, those people that owed Rav Sheishis the money, said to this shliach that they're sending here, Rav Yesuf Parchama, they said to him, Nikni Minoch. Why don't you uh, take a Kenyan to, ob- uh, to obligate yourself to take responsibility for anything that happens with this money? So we, we just learned here, the Gemara said that the shliach that's delivering the money, who, who has the responsibility if anything goes wrong? The person that's sending it. 
Because he owes the money. He has to give it directly to the person that he owes it to. If he's sending a shliach, it's his responsibility for anything that happens in between. But over here, they didn't want to take that responsibility. So they told him, take a Kenyan that you're going to take the responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, in. so Rabbi Yisrael says, yeah, I agreed to make this Kenyan. But But in the end, he avoided them. He didn't actually take this Kenyan. He didn't want to take the responsibility. And he avoided making this Kenyan and he took the money from them. He also, when Av Yosef came back to Rav Sheshes, and he told him what happened, that he, I did not take responsibility for this money. Amrlei, so he says to Rav Yosef, Shaper of this, you did the right thing. The Leishavius Nafsheich, he did not place himself in a situation. Eved Leivel Ish Malved, that you're going to be like a like a slave when you owe money to someone, you become like a slave. If you would take the responsibility, and anything would happen, so then you become like a slave. So you did the right thing. You delivered the money. You did me a favor, but there's no reason why you should take responsibility for this. Or lishna achrena, another uh, another version of what uh, Rav Sheshis told him is shaper of this. You did the right thing because eved loive leish malve. They are the eved loive. They have the responsibility to be my slave to take responsibility for this all the time. There's no reason you should take that responsibility for them. Another story the Gemara brings Rav Achi Barabyeshia. He had this uh, silver vessel that was being held for him in the city of Nerda, and he wanted it to be delivered back to him. So Amalahu He told two individuals, Rabdistoy Barabyanai and Rabyesi Barkipe, that were going there to Nerda, Sisu, you come back from Nerda, Asyua Nehali. Bring me, bring me this silver vessel to me. He told two people to bring the silver vessel. We'll see over here in the story why he needed two people for this. The people that were holding on to this uh, silver vessel weren't uh, such easy people to deal with. So he told both of them, go bring me this silver vessel. So Azul, they went, Yavi, Nehalei, or you read it here in the plural term, that they, they, those people that were holding on to the silver vessel gave it to them, gave it both to Rabbi Stoy and uh, Rabbi Yaisi to deliver back to its owner, to Rabachi. Now, after they gave them the vessel to, to, to take, now they said, We want to make a Kenyan that you're going to take responsibility for anything that happens with it. We don't want to have any more responsibility. So they said to the, to the people that were holding on to this vessel, No, we're not going to take it under responsibility. This is your responsibility. We'll deliver it. But whatever happens to it on the way, it's your responsibility. So the people that uh, were holding on to this vessel before and they, they, they gave it, they said, If you're not taking responsibility, if you're delivering mm-hmm. it without any responsibility for what happens to it, give it back to us. So Rabbi said, No problem, I'll give it back to you. Rabbi Yisrael says, No, I'm not giving it back to you. Why did Rabbi Yisrael say this? Based on Rav's opinion that we learned before. Once you give and to a shliach to deliver, it's like you agreed and you said, kizachi, that you, he's zaych in it, and he was already zaych in it for the owner. So I'm not responsible, I'm not obligated, that is, to give it back to you. Just because you don't want to take responsibility for it, I don't have to give it back to you. I was zaych in it already. So he didn't want to give it back. So you may not retract it. Exactly, that's what I just said. So he, he, you may not retract, so therefore he did not want to give it back. Have a kometzarilei. So what happened? So these people, they they were they were causing him pain. They they were trying to pressure him, and they were uh, causing him pain to give back this keli. Amalei saw Rabbi Yaisi that did not want to retract from this. 
He said, Chazimar Hechikovit. So they said, see, or they said, uh, again, Amale, I mean, that is these people. They, they said to Rabdustoi, Chazimar Hechikovit. Look, look what your friend Rabbi Yaisi is doing. You agree to give it back. But he does not agree to give it back. Look what he's doing. He's causing a problem over it. We want to take back this Kaili and he doesn't want to give it back. Amaluhu, so Rabdustoi says, look, I agree that you should give it back. He doesn't agree. So Tav Ramale, he deserves to be hit for this. So you should continue hitting him until he'll give it back to you. Okay. So there's this sort of this uh, disagreement over here between Rabdustoi and Rabbi Yaisi. Rabdustoi agrees to retract and give it back. And Rabbi Yaisi does not, and Rabbi Stoy says, don't get me involved in this. He, he, he doesn't want to give it back, so he deserves to be hit. Okay, now what happened? Both Rabbi Stoy and Rabbi Yaisi came back to, to Ravachi. They came back to the one that sent them to pick up this uh, silver vessel. I'm not sure if they brought the vessel with them, or they did not bring the vessel to them with them, what ended up happening, but they, they came back to him. So Amalei, so Rabbi Yaisi says to Ravachi, Chazimar, Look, look what happened over here. Loi Mistaye, the Loi Sion, not only did Rabdustoi not help me out over here, when I did not want to retract from this, and I wanted to bring you back to Kaili, not only did my friend Rabdustoi not help me out, he actually told them, hit him. If you want to get back to Kaili, hit him, so why didn't he help me out? The halacha is that once I get to Kaili, so then, then I'll have to retract from this. I wasn't supposed to give it back to them. So why, why did Rabdustoi not support me? Amalei, so Rabdustoi explained and said as follows. Amai tevetachi. Again, sorry, sorry, again. Amalei, Rav Achi, that is. Rav Achi said to Rabdustoi, Amai tevetachi, why didn't you support your friend Rab Yaisi if this is the halacha, that once you get the vessel, you're not supposed to retract from this. So, so why didn't you support him? Amalei, so Rabdustoi explained, you know who we're dealing with over here? These people are dangerous. These people here, they are tall and ama. So it's an expression. It doesn't mean literally ama, but it means that they're very tall. Mm -hmm. And the their garments are also very scary. They're wearing this hat, which is very tall. They speak from their, from their midst. Okay, which literally means they have these thick voices that they speak very scary. <laughs> they also have these very scary names, and he even said what their names are. Arda, Va'arta, Pili, Bereish, Umrin. These are all names. I think it says uh, that these are names that uh, are of animals. That they, they gave themselves these nicknames because of, to, to throw fear on people. Yeah. And uh, again, Bereish is the, the name. Umrin, when they say, Umrin is, is already continuing the next part of the Gemara here. Umrin, Kfusu, Kaifsin. If they say, tie somebody up, he'll be tied up. If they say somebody should be killed, he'll be killed. So is So therefore, Abdestoy is explaining, he says, look, if I would not agree to give back the silver vessel to them, if they would say to kill myself, to kill Dostoy, who would give my father, his father's name was, Ab, was Yanai, who would give my father Yanai a son like me? Basically saying my life was in danger. I have to put my life in danger to bring you back the silver vessel. So Rav Achi inquired further, These people you're speaking about, do they have connections to the government? Yeah, they have connections to the government. Do they have horses and mules that run after them? Yes. So Rav Achi said, If so, you did the right thing, that you didn't put your life in danger. So the, the fact, I mean, the damage is that 
It's hard to understand why Rabbi Yesi Bar-Kippur did put his life in danger for this uh, purpose, to try to bring the silver vessel over here. Okay. In a case where a person tells a shliach, deliver this money for, for this person. Now you went to deliver this money to this person that the money is owed to, and you were looking for him. And you didn't find this person. This person uh, passed away. So, so what, do you, what happens with the money now? Who gets this? And one b'raise we learned, so the money goes back to the person that sent it. But in another b'raise we learned, that in this case, where the money was sent to someone and he passed away, so you give it to his inheritors, the ones that was sent to him, you give it to his Yershim. So what's the argument here? Says the Gemara, Shall we say that the argument between these two b'raises is the point that we brought up before? The Marsovar, the second b'raise over here that says you give it to the, to the inheritors of this person that passed away, their opinion is, Kezachi. <laughs> That the moment you tell this person, here, deliver this money to that person, so he was zeich in it for him. It's like you said clearly, be zeich in it for that person. So even though that person passed away, but because he was zeich in it already, so you have to give it to the Yarshim. But Omar Sava, the first price it says, When you say deliver the money, it's, they were not zeich in it yet. So if he passes away, so it goes back to the person that sent it. There's no reason why the inheritor should get the money. He wasn't zeich in it yet. Why should the Yarshim get it? That's what it seems like the argument is. No, no, no. The person that the, Kabul, the person that was supposed to receive it passed away. Right. So Omar Ababa Bar says, not necessarily is this the explanation of these two prices. The Kulalma, everybody agrees, Lav When you give something for a person to deliver, it's not equivalent to telling him being bizaycha in it for that you kind it for that person. And Veloy Kashya. There's no contradiction here between these two braises. It's talking about two completely different cases. One brais is speaking about a healthy person that says, go give this to that person. So then, if it's a healthy person and that person is not alive anymore, so you give it back to the person that uh, sent it. Because by a body, when you send money, there's no actual kinyan that takes effect yet. Because hoylech is lav kezachi. So if that person is not alive, give it back to the person that sent it. And ha b'shchiv The other b'raise is in the case of a shchiv We learned before in the Gemara. What's the halacha of a shchiv Whatever a shchiv says to do, it's as if it's done and given already. Kimsurin and asunin dami. So therefore, if the Kenyan took effect, and if he died, you're gonna have to give it to the children that, that inherit him. It's one interpretation. Another pshat the Gemara says that Rav Zvid Amar Rav Zvid says Both of these b'raises are speaking about a shchiv that's sending this money. So what's the difference? If the case over here is that the person, that the recipient is alive when you gave the money, when you sent the money, he was still alive. So then the words of the Shchiv takes effect. And that person is alive. And so therefore, you have to give. And But if the case over here is this recipient didn't just pass away now. This recipient really passed away even before you sent the money. The person that sent the money just didn't know that he passed away already. So then you give it back to the person that sent it because the whole thing was a mistake. You didn't realize that he already passed away before you sent the money. Rav Papa, Rav Papa says a third pshat. Both of these braises are speaking about a healthy individual that's sending the money. So what's the difference between these two braises? Ha the miss mekabel b'chayei So one brayse is speaking about 
the first price that says you give it back to the Mishaleach, the one that sent it, so the Mechabal, the recipient of this money, passed away when, in, when the Noisen was still alive. And then, the second price is speaking about a case when the person that sent the money passed, passed away in the life before the Mechabal, before the recipient of the money passed away. So if the halach is, here Rashi says, if the Noisen passes away before the recipient receives the money, there's a concept called mitzvah lekayim divrei hames. Even if he wasn't a shchiv mirah when he said to give the money, but there's a mitzvah to fulfill something that a person said when he was alive and he now passed away, there's a mitzvah to fulfill it. So because he passed away before the recipient received the money, so then you don't give back the money to his children, to the one that sent the money's children, you give it to the person that uh, the money was sent to, to, reci- to the recipient, because there's a mitzvah to be mekayim, what he said. But if he did not pass away, so then you give the money back to, to the person that sent it. That's the pshat in these two braises. Okay, but now here the Gemara brings... And another b'raise that discusses this subject, and it brings up a few opinions about this. It says the Gemara, Leime, shall we say, This question, when you give a person to deliver money, is it equivalent to telling him, be in it for that person? And he was already, he acquired it for that individual. Tanoi, but it seems like over here in this b'raise, it's a machlekes tanoi. Tanya will learn in the b'raise, Hoylech, Manilaplani, send money, you say, here, deliver this money to this individual. And you went to Biksha, you looked for him, you didn't find him, he passed away already. So the first opinion of the Raisa says, Give the money back to the one that sent it. Goes back. What if the Mishaleach passed away? So now the person you sent the money to passed away, and the person that sent the money passed away. So who does it go to? Rav Nassim and Rav Yaakov Amru, Rav Nassim and Rav Yaakov both say, Yachzeru liyershim Mishaleach. You still give back the money to the Yershim of the Mishaleach. You don't give it back to the recipient, you give it to the one that sent the money. But another opinion here is, no, you give it You give the money to the person that, the, the Yerushim to the money that was sent to him, to the recipient, there, his Yerushim. He says the name of Rav Yaakov, that said the name of Rav Meir, Mitzvah Lekayim Divri that now that the person that sent it passed away, it's a mitzvah to fulfill what he says. And because he sent the money to this person, so even though that person is not alive anymore, but you have to fulfill what he said, and therefore you have to give it to the Yarshim of the people, of, of the person, of the recipient. Okay, what, what Rabbi Yudha Nasi says seems to be very similar to the Yeshayim. We'll see in the Gemara soon the difference here. The Chachamim, the Chachamim say, Yachloiku. That this money has to be split. It's not clear who to give it to, to the person that sent it or to the recipient. So you got to split this money. Yeah. And the Khan Omru, over here, in Bavel that is, they paskin, that the Shliach himself has a choice. He chooses who to give it to. He chooses whether he wants to give it to the recipient or to give it back to the source, to the sender. The price concludes here, Omer Abshimin, Hanasi. Abshim Anasi said, Al Yadi with me there was such a kind of a story that I was delivering money for someone that I was sent to give it to, and that person passed away. and the give it back to the Yarshim of the one that sent it, not the Yarshim of the recipient. Tiller is the Braisa. So now how do we understand all of these opinions? Says the Gemara my Don't you think the explanation here is as follows? The Tanakama Sovar, 
The first opinion in the Braise that says when you send money and you did not find that person, the recipient passed away. So what does the Braise say? You give it back to the sender. The reason you give it back to the sender is because Heilech, Lav, Kazachi. When you send the money, the shliach was not zayich in it for the recipient yet. So if the recipient passed away, you give it back to him. Rav Nosson, Rav Yaakov, Nami, not Rav Nosson, Rav Yaakov. And they're speaking in a case where the sender passed away as well. They also hold, that when you send the money, you were not zayich in it yet for the recipient. But so even though the, uh, the person that the recipient passed away, so then why do you give the money to their Yerushim? They, they say that you don't give it back to the sender, you give it back to the... Again, 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 even though the Mishaleach, that is, again, the Mishaleach, the sender passed away, he does not hold of this concept that there's a special mitzvah to fulfill what this person, the sender that passed away said. And therefore, what do you do? What was, there, what was, the, what was their opinion before? So you give it back to the Mishaleach. You give it back to the Yerushim of the Mishaleach. Because there's no mitzvah to fulfill what the May said. And the, they were not zayich in it for the, uh, for the recipient. So that's the first two opinions. Now, the Yeshayim's opinion is, Hoyleich Kezachi. That I say that once the Shliach took it, it's as if he's Zoich in it for the recipient, and therefore you have to give it over to the, uh, to, to the Yerushim. And that's in every case. It doesn't matter whether the Mishaleach is alive, whether the Mishaleach passed away. And then the next opinion that's brought in the Braise, their opinion is, when the Shliach takes it, he was not Zoich in it for the recipient. But if the Mishaleach passed away, then only in this case did Rab Meir say that you have to give it to the Yerushim of the recipient, because in this case I say that there's a mitzvah to fulfill what the Mishaleach wanted. And because of that mitzvah, it goes to the Yerushim of the recipient. The Chachamim Maimrim and the Chachamim say Achloiku that this money here, when the Mishaleach and the recipient passed away, so you split this. And the reason is, Misap because they have a suffix. You say Hoylech Kezachi or Lav Kezachi. So because there's a suffix, so therefore, and also Rashi says, there's two, there's two different halachas we're speaking of here about. There's the halacha of Hoylech Kezachi or not, and there's also the halacha of whether Mitzvah Lekayim Divri Ames or not. So there's a suffix about this, so therefore you split this money. The Kanomru in Babel, they, they said Shuda Adif. Shuda means that, you, you, that the Shleach himself chooses. That he has to estimate and see what the Mishaleach wanted. Did the Mishaleach really want the money to go to the recipient or not? And therefore, it's up to the Shleach to decide. And Rav Shimon Anasi is coming to tell me a story that actually happened, what the halacha was, at the Chacham and Paskin, that you give it back to the Yerushim of the Mishaleach. So B'Kitzer, it seems like in this B'raise, we have over here an argument regarding this subject of Heilich Kezachi or Heilich Lav Kezachi Dami. But the Gemara will give now after this, the Gemara will give a different shot for this.